Hello everyone. <laughs> it's just lovely to be with you today. And we've been doing such an amazing um, series at the moment, haven't we, about portraits. And um, as I came to pray about what I should bring today, um, I just really felt to look at how did Jesus deal with pressure. As I grew up, I grew up in a, a Christian home and I had two amazing parents who loved Jesus with all their hearts. And because they loved him, they wanted to serve him. And they did just about everything you could possibly do to bring glory to God in that way. But I've had to learn that there are times we need to say no in order to say yes to all that God has for us. So let's pray and then we'll look at this subject. Father, we really thank you for your presence in this room today. We thank you that you are an amazing God and we love you, Lord. And because we love you, we want to give our lives to you. But Lord, would you just give us your wisdom to know what that should look like for us? We thank you for this opportunity to be here today. And I just pray, Lord, that you would just open our hearts and may we hear what you want us to hear today. In Jesus' name, amen. A little while after Nikki and Pete took leadership of the church, Nikki called me to have a conversation with her. And she asked me, would I be <coughs> interested in preaching from the front? And I said, well, sounds a bit scary. And by the way, it is. Um, but yes, that would be something I feel like God is calling me to step into. And then she offered me another idea that she had. Could I help with something else? And um, I started to sort of say, well, if this and if that and maybe and and it was a bit awkward. And after a few seconds, Nikki just took a breath, looked at me and said, Wendy, I don't want to use you. And, you know, I can't really remember much of the rest of the conversation because that phrase just got under my skin. And I had to think, <coughs> think about it. Do I expect to be used? And because of the way I was brought up and the churches that I attended previously, I'd got into this mindset where you just did whatever anyone asked you to do. You served in the church, whether you had a heart for it or not. You allowed people to ring you up and offload to you for about an hour on the phone, even when you're needed by your children. Everything, I just did everything. And as a result of that, I got burnt out and disillusioned and really struggled. And I just kept thinking, well, if, if you're not used, what, what is that then? I'd never heard of boundaries, as you can imagine. It's something fairly new to my thinking. And um, I started to look at, well, what did Jesus do? Did he just try and keep everybody happy? Did he just do whatever anyone asked him to do? And um, I started to look into what, what happened with Jesus when people put pressure on him. How did he handle that? How did he know what the Father was telling him to do or what people just wanted him to do? So I would just uh, say, first of all, what is pressure? What are we talking about when we talk about pressure? 
It's not pressure to just ask someone, have you thought about joining this rotor and helping with that? That's not pressure. But pressure is when you start saying, oh, well, if, you know, we're really short of people in that area and if you didn't join us, it might have to close, we might have to do something else. And every time you saw that person, you would say, "Um, have you thought any more about coming on this rotor? That is real pressure. Pressure is the use of persuasion or intimidation to make someone or something to <laughs> to make someone do something. So Jesus had pressures just like we do. And the first one we're going to look at is the pressure from his family. We all have um, backgrounds, don't we? And we all have input from our family. And Jesus was no different. At the very beginning of his ministry, we find him at a wedding with his mum, Mary, and the wine ran out. Highly, highly embarrassing for people in that culture. And Mary turns to Jesus with that look that only mothers and wives can do and says, they've run out of wine. Jesus, of course, knew that that look meant, what are you going to do about it? But actually, he just put her on hold for a moment. And he said, I like the way the uh, Passion Translation translates this. Jesus replied, my dear one, don't you understand that if I do this, it won't change anything for you, but it will change everything for me. My hour of unveiling my power has not yet come. Mary kind of ignores him and says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And it is just amazing, after that kind of pushing back for that moment, to just say, I need space, I need to hear what the Father's saying, not what you're saying. Jesus then knew what to do. And there was an amazing miracle where all the water turned into wine. I think that's incredible. You know, <laughs> and our, but after this really amazing start, it seems that Mary and his brothers got a bit the other way with Jesus. And we find, as his ministry gained momentum, we find this really interesting little verse in Mark 3:21, where Mary came with Jesus' brothers to take charge of Jesus, for they said, he is out of his mind. Wow. (laughs) But he didn't let them, obviously. But he was facing this kind of amazing pressure from his family. And there's another bit that I'd like to just read to you. Because on another occasion, they put pressure on Jesus. In John 7, verses 1 to 10. I'll go from two. But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, Leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples there may see the works that you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. 
Therefore, Jesus told them, my time is not yet here for you. Any time will do. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify that its works are evil. You go to the festival. I'm not going to the festival because my time has not yet fully come. After he has said this, he stayed in Galilee. However, after his brothers had left for the festival, he went also, not publicly, but in secret. So we can see that in all these examples, Jesus does not just do whatever his family have said to him. Every time he has to take that moment and listen to the father and say, what is it actually you want me to do? And in what time? Because timing can be really, really important. Our families have had more impact on us than we actually think sometimes. Our backgrounds of beliefs and expectations can get in the way and stop us from being who God has really made us to be. Sometimes they've pushed us into things that we don't feel are for us. And on other occasions, they hold us back, just as in these examples. And I know for myself, my whole family background was nobody went to university in my family. And it was expected that I wouldn't go. And I I was okay with that. And my dad got me a job in his bank um, when I was 16. And various, by various means, God got me to stay on at school and do A-levels and then go to university. We can be held back or we can be pushed forward by our, our parents. And it can be really hard, can't it, when you're someone who you've got a particular call on your life, something you feel God's given you to do, and your family don't understand And they don't get behind you. We need to just pray and let God deal with them, but not let it put us off where we're going forward, where we need to go forward. And also, pressure from families. I know for me and for many of you, our faith is so important to us, isn't it? That we really want our children to catch it. We really want them to have a know Jesus and have that walk with him and that relationship with him. And sometimes we can just pressurize them. And some, you know, that's not what God wants us to do. We need to pray for them, not pressurize them. We don't want them to feel forced or coerced into being a Christian, even if that's our deepest desire for them from the best possible motives. I had a really lovely history teacher at school, and um, he always seemed a bit uptight. He was a chain smoker. How he managed not to smoke in class, I don't know. But he was continually smoking. And one day, he just said something in class, and you could feel all this angst coming up in him. And he said to us that his parents had brought him up and made him go to church, And it had been very strict and it had just completely put him off having a faith in God. We really do need to pray and not pressurise. I wouldn't really want my children to say, Mum, you really put me off becoming Christian. It was just too much. You just made me do this. You made me do that. I don't want it. 
We need to just be in that place where we can flow in what God shows us and we don't pressurise them. We only just wait for whatever it is God wants us to share or say to them. And next we're going to look at cultural and religious pressure. Every generation and every area has its own culture and it has its own religious pressure and expectations. But Jesus just would not fit into that box. He would not just do what everyone wanted him to do. He knew that healing on the Sabbath was not a good idea from the reaction of the religious leaders. But did he think to himself, oh, maybe I shouldn't heal on the Sabbath just so that they're all happy with me? No. And sometimes he was almost provoking people with the way that he healed on the Sabbath. A a man wasn't ever supposed to talk to a woman on her own. And yet Jesus had this amazing conversation with a woman at the well, one to one. And it did actually make his disciples wonder. It says, when Jesus' disciples returned, they were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? He just went against those cultural things when he knew that God was in this situation. A man wasn't supposed to let a woman near him, but there was this really cringy, embarrassing moment when Jesus allowed this woman to get incredibly close to him to start massaging his bare feet with this really expensive perfume and crying over him. And then she undoes her hair. Nobody did that in that culture and starts wiping his feet with her hair. My goodness, that caused a reaction because that was not appropriate. It really didn't hit the expectations of the day. But Jesus just said to people, it's okay, it's okay. Don't have a go at her, it's okay. I actually wonder in, in that story, it doesn't say this, but whether actually it made Jesus feel a little bit uncomfortable because really that wasn't what was expected. And I would just say that doing God's will doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be comfortable Anyone who's done empire will tell you that uh, comfort zone goes out the window fairly soon. (laughs) And then there were certain people groups in Jesus' day. He wasn't meant to spend time with tax collectors and sinners. Not if he's got a religious calling. He's meant to stay away from those people. He's not meant to touch someone that has leprosy. He'll be unclean in a second. He's not meant to mix with these people, but he steps out of the pressure of cultural restraints and he does what the Father puts on his heart to do. I wonder if any of us here have some sort of call on our lives to do something with a certain group of people that maybe it's out of our comfort zone. It's uncomfortable that actually God says, go on, do it. I still love those people. 
I want them to be part of my kingdom. And maybe it's something we can all ask ourselves. Are there people that actually we've just thought, I'll never need to work with them because whatever, whatever. We need to seek the heart of God for whatever we're involved in. And then I want to talk about the kind of pressure that comes from people's expectations. Jesus has some really special friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And when Lazarus got sick, they sent a message to Jesus straight away. Lord, the one you love is sick. And a bit like that way that Mary looked at Jesus when she said they had no wine, this was a similar moment. You're meant to come straight away, Jesus. We know you'd want to. You love Lazarus. We know you'd want to heal him. Come and help us. And you just read in the scriptures, it says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And there's no real explanation because he's not particularly busy at the time. You don't kind of hear, well, he can't go because he's got a mission to to attend to. It's just like he doesn't go. I don't know if Jesus ever argued with his father. And I just wonder if this might have been one of those moments. Because he did genuinely love this family. And he did want to go and help them. But the Father had put in his heart that there was a greater way of bringing glory to his name than for Jesus to just head off straight away. And when Jesus rocks up finally, and he finds that Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days, he meets up with the sisters and both of them say what their expectations had been. Both of them say, Lord, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Can you imagine? If that was me, I would feel like this wave of guilt and, oh my goodness, I've let them down, he's dead. But it's just incredible that Jesus himself has these strong emotions. It says, when Jesus looked at Mary and saw her weeping at his feet and all her friends who were with her grieving, He shuddered with emotion and was deeply moved with tender compassion. Then tears streamed down Jesus' face. He just felt the grief and the sadness of this situation. He saw what his friends had gone through. And then we get the expectations of the other mourners as well. Seeing Jesus weep caused many of the mourners to say, Look how much he loves Lazarus. Yet others said, isn't this the one who opens blind eyes? Why didn't he do something to stop Lazarus from dying? Oh, the pressure of expectations. And you might have had pressure like that put on you by different situations and different people. But the key thing is, that Jesus wanted to know what the Father wanted him to do, when and where, exactly. And it did turn out to be a better way. The Father knew what he was doing. 
We find later in John chapter 12, it says, Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. They're nice, aren't they? For on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. Do you know, if we have the courage to do only the things that the Father shows us, to take that moment to ask him, is this what you want me to do or is that what you want me to do? We will see more and more of God's glory. We can actually get in the way of what God wants to do. And that has been a real thing for me to learn. I have, I've struggled with that. I get very easily um, compassionate about people and their expectations and their needs and, and want to help. I need to stop and listen and say, what help is your heart for that person? And sometimes, you know, pastors and leaders really struggle with the expectations of the people that they lead and their congregations. They can feel pressured into doing things which are good things but might not necessarily be for them at that time and place. And I feel quite strongly about this. You know that Pete and Nikki are the ones that have been called to lead this church And we, yes, they're open to all ideas that we bring them. Don't get me wrong, they really are. But sometimes they have to say, that's really great, but that's your ministry. That's not necessarily what we see for Skylark as a whole. And if we've got something really on our heart and we feel it's from God, again, pray, not pressurize. Get before the Father and say, Lord, you know, I, the, I feel this is important for us as a church. And pray, but don't keep hammering on to Pete and Nicky about it because they need to lead. They are the ones called and anointed to lead. And it's not really helpful when we put pressure on them in that way. There is actually something called spiritual abuse. And we hear about some really sad stories sometimes, don't we, that make it onto the headlines, which doesn't do anyone any favours. Play examples of pastors spiritually abusing their church, putting pressure on them to give more money than they actually have or should be giving. And we get stories of where (laughs) congregations put pressure on the pastors and the pastor's just running around trying to keep everybody happy and ends up having a nervous breakdown. We need to make sure that we don't get into those habits and those thoughts. And we give people the freedom to do what they're led to do. And next one is pressure of people's needs and what makes sense. Now this is a story that really leaves me completely baffled. Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda in Jerusalem And it says there were a great number of disabled people sitting around the pool. A great number, right? Jesus goes up to one person, heals him, and then sidles off into the background. 
Now, I look at that and I think, how did he walk away from all that need? What about that great number of disabled people? How did he not let that get to him? And start a... Re- I mean, I just think the potential there. He could have had a revival meeting. He could have healed them all, sent them out in Jerusalem, and the word would have spread, and everyone would have believed in him, and it would be just absolutely incredible. But Jesus does again just what the Father wants him to do. And I just think sometimes we don't understand, do we? We just don't understand. And I, this passage is one that I'm going to have to ask God about when I see him in heaven, ask Jesus and say, why didn't you heal them all? Please, Lord, just tell me. You know, <laughs> that blows my mind. I know at one time it was very popular to wear those bracelets with WWJD on them. What would Jesus do? And I never bought one because I thought, I, I don't know what he'd do. The, he, does, he does things I don't understand. The only way I'm going to know what Jesus would do is to keep asking him and to be open to crazy and ridiculous things and things that don't make sense to our human minds. And then I just want to look at pressure from the need to have impact and to be someone important. When Jesus went into the desert and was tempted, one of the temptations was the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory, splendor, magnificence, preeminence and excellence of them. And he said to him, these things I will give you if you will prostrate yourself before me and do homage and worship me. Do you know this pressure to be someone, to have influence, to have authority is more and more in our society today than I think it ever has and not helped at all by comments on Facebook and things. You know, it is, it is a subtle way that the devil can get into people. And instead of doing what God wants them to do, to start to manipulate their way into situations where they get more authority or more prestige or they're seen more at the front. And it's just really something we need to be aware of. And stand against And when it comes up in our own hearts, cast it out. Have nothing to do with it. Jesus had to just run one time. It said, after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, which was the feeding of the 5,000, pretty amazing event, another one I'd love to be there at, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Oh, what wisdom. What wisdom. Get out of the situations that are feeding that nasty thing in you that wants to make you stand out or be special or be someone important. 
I love, I, do you know, I think the most secure person in the Bible was John the Baptist, apart from Jesus, of course. <laughs> because when Jesus came and his ministry started having more impact than John's did, he didn't go off and cry somewhere or to try and get into competition with Jesus. He just said, a man can only receive what is given him by heaven. He must become greater, I must become less. And it's just so, so important that we are secure in God. We are secure in who he's made us to be, that we don't need to compete. We don't need to compare ourselves to other people. We don't need to come under that pressure because each one is individual You have gifts that are special to you. You are special anyway. God loves you. He made you. He created you to be you with your set of gifts, your personality. You have something to bring. Don't go comparing yourself to someone else. Please, please just look to the Lord and don't let that kind of pressure get into your life. We face a lot of pressures. I've only been really had time to do five this morning. But I just want us to be open and to just look at a few questions that we might like to take away and think, is there something there that I need to change in my perspective? So first of all, am I doing all that God, not anyone else, that God wants me to do. The whole point of resisting pressure is that we say no to things that God doesn't want us to do so that we can say yes to all that he has put in our hearts to do. I'm not trying to tell you this morning, don't serve. I really am not. If you love Jesus and I love Jesus, we want to, we want to bless him. We want to bless his people. We want to serve But it's finding that area that is right for us at this particular season. And am I listening to him all the time? Am I open to all that he has for me, even when it doesn't make sense? You know, a lot of things. Do you know, when I went to do my degree in theology, that did not make sense to me at all. Not one scrap of sense. I remember my brother-in-law, that wasn't my brother-in-law then, but he said to me, Wendy, what are you going to do with your theology degree? And I just shrugged, because I was in a church that didn't believe that women should preach or teach or do anything, really, apart from have children, look after children and make tea. (laughs) And so I have been brought on a journey from something that made no sense to me at all. We need to be open. I think it's amazing how God got me there. I'd love to share the story, but it's quite long, so um, I can't. But we need to just listen to God, you know, and not come under anyone's pressure. Are there areas in which I've compromised and done things just to fill a gap because I see a need or because someone has pressurized me to do it? I spent a lot of my life doing that. Actually, I was, my son said to me, what are you talking about on Sunday? So I told him, and he said, oh, have you learnt that then? So he said, 
Because his impression, this is what he does to me, his impression is that we get asked to do something and we say, think we're going to say no and we say, end up saying yes. And he does, yes. And he said, that is how he sees me and Marcus in our lives up to quite recently, that we set out thinking, no, that's not for us. And somehow we end up doing it. Am I sensitive to God's timing? Because sometimes things are for a season and not forever. And I love that about this church, that if you get engaged with a particular ministry and and find that that's going great for you, and then God says, well, I've got something a bit different now. We will not nail you into that forever. (laughs) Do I hold back from doing things that God wants me to do? Because it's just too uncomfortable. Mm, Good question. (laughs) Am I secure in who I am and my own particular gifts and call? Or do I compare myself to others and try to be someone important? Do I sometimes put pressure on our leaders, particularly Pete and Nikki? Or do I support them and trust them to hear from God what we as a church should or shouldn't do? And then finally... Does what I do nourish me? Jesus said, My food is to be doing the will of him who sent me and bring it into completion. When we walk with God and we do what he puts on our heart, we will be passionate about it. It may be hard sometimes, But we will be passionate about it. And it will somehow feed our spirits because we're fulfilled in that role. And it doesn't have to be a big thing. You can be be passionate, like Leslie is, about cooking meals for people across the community. You can be passionate about engaging people with special needs. It doesn't have to be. I'm not talking about massive things. Just being obedient and doing what God has designed you to do that will that will feed you in a way that nothing else can so I just want to finish with two sort of thoughts really first of all God has not made us slaves but he has made us sons Galatians 4 verse 7 and what he wants to do is to do everything in partnership with us He's not some remote king barking his orders at us from a distance. He's right there beside us and in us. And he wants us to work with him as sons and daughters, not as some remote thing of just ticking the boxes and doing what he wants us to do. It's not like that. He wants us to be in partnership with him. And then finally, just to say what Jesus said in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, two verses that as I've worked through, well, it's one verse really, as I've worked through this in my own life, I wrote these verses up on the little board in my study so that I would see them every single day and just feed and retrain my thinking. So I'll give it you first from the Passion Translation. Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life. 
for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. And then the message. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? I've been in that place. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn, I love this phrase, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You know, it's just such a wonderful thing to be walking so close to God that you can just hear that voice and that nudge when he pushes you in one direction, not pushes you, where he points you in one direction or another. And you just know, yes, I'd like to do that. Yes, I've got a passion for that. I'd love to help people in that way. It's so different from having to. Should, have, have to, must, not words that God wants to use over us. Work with, walk with unforced rhythms of grace. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you that you are a gracious and compassionate Father and that you put us together in our mother's wombs. You made us just how you wanted us to be, each one different, each individual, with our own gifts, talents, abilities and our own heart and passion Everything, Lord, you've made us just how you wanted us. Lord, we just pray that where burdens and responsibilities have been dumped on us, or we've been pushed, or we've been shoved, and we've made to do things, Lord, we just pray that you release us from those things, and that you give us back our passion to do the things that you have prepared in Christ for us to do before the foundation of the earth. Lord, we just thank you that you have a great plan for each and every one of us. And each and every one has a different passion, a different gift, a different way of moving. Lord, we just thank you. And this morning, I just know you want to release people from certain things that have been dumped on them, Lord. Just set them free. And help us not to pressurise people as well, Lord, with our own children, with our families with people in our community, with people in the church, with Pete and Nikki, Lord, we don't want to be people who pressurise. We want to be people who flow in that wonderful flow of the unforced forced rhythms of grace. Teach us, Lord. Free us. Enable us to do what you have called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.